everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 304, being recorded on uh, June 11th, 2014. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. Josh, your bandwidth got fixed. <laughs> yeah. Ryan got the buttons now right. Now I'm, I'm in high definition and bald. Uh, not much Shiny. Changes, huh? Not much changes. Uh, so we don't have Ken here today, so if you see me looking over to the corner... In the video to hit these buttons, it's this stuff that's going on. We have secretly replaced Ken with an We've Arduino. Ken has replaced himself with an Arduino. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> bad news for bad Ken. Thinking, Ken. Yeah, he should. I should like. Oh man, it's just not possible. We'll just have to cancel the podcast. He invented himself out of the job. <laughs> um, uh, but we are going to do the show anyway. It is June eleventh. We have a lot of cool stuff happening. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about actually is a promotion for next week. Um, we are uh, hosting a live stream with Richard Huddy on June 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. This is uh, – he just rejoined AMD, I guess we'll say, as Chief Gaming Scientist, um, which is an interesting title. That will be one of the topics yeah. that we discuss for sure. Um, he is a uh, industry stalwart Originally working uh, for a company that helped create DirectX and then NVIDIA and then ATI and then – AMD and then Intel and now AMD again. So, so he gets around. You know, it, yeah, it's it's almost incestuous how yeah. employees go between these companies. There's a, there is a lot of that that happens for sure. Uh, but well, it beats the do not compete clauses that we used to have to deal with. Yeah, I bet th- I bet there's still something like that in this. Probably. Um, but it'll be interesting. So, like, he's coming on and, if like... If only Scott Sellers would come back to the industry. <laughs> AMD doesn't have, like, a product launch or anything that they're, they're talking about. But um, I think it'll be an interesting stream because, you know, as far as I've been told, there are no limits on what we're allowed to ask about or discuss, right? So we're going to talk about the, the uh, AMD and NVIDIA fight over the GameWorks program. We're going to talk about AMD's developer relations and the accusations that AMD doesn't invest enough money or resources into development uh, or the Gaming Evolve program. You know, adaptive sync versus G-Sync, uh, all that kind of stuff is going to come up in the interview. So you want to be there. And if that's not enough, if that's not enough, we're giving away a crap ton of stuff. Wow. The grand prize is an R9-295X2 graphics card with a pro- I, power I, supply. I have a power supply already that, that, uh, that supports that. So you're trying to tell me that... If if you get a uh, tie or or Mindo Walrath the the uh, as as a winner, mm. the card will be in good hands. Mm. Interesting. Uh, besides the two ninety five X two ring as well. Oh, okay. All right. You do get a power supply that can that can push it, which is important. Uh, we're also giving away an MSI two eighty X, a Sapphire two eighty, an MSI two seventy, an HIS two seventy, a Sapphire two sixty X, and fifteen never settle never the never settle forever coat. So there's a ton of stuff uh, that we're going to give away here. And again, that is on Tuesday the seventeenth, four p.m. Eastern, one p.m. Pacific. We are going to give this stuff away on the live stream. So you are going to want to make sure you are there. Uh, now, if you have questions, as some of these people do here in our comments section, go to pcpar.com, find this post, and leave your question here. Uh, as we are trying to kind of you know, facilitate those questions beforehand and uh, make sure we can get the best possible use of our, I don't know, probably 90 minutes of time with him here, sitting where Alan is sitting right now. So Alan won't be... So where, where's Alan going to sit? Alan's going to sit over there. I'll be the chair. Someplace. He's going to be... <laughs> that, that's what I expect. That's actually don't mind weird. the post. That's a little bit more weird. <laughs> uh, now, if you want to make sure you don't miss that live event, 
or the day after that, we're going to have a live PC Perspective podcast like this one right now at PCPro.com slash live with a special guest. Do we want to tell them who it is yet? Do we? Mm. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's get that ball rolling. It's Al Gore, right? Who is it, Josh? Uh, it's David Hewlett's sister. We did get her on the podcast. David Hewlett's sister is coming You're on kidding. the show? No. No, David Hewlett is. So we're just oh. going to have to deal with him. Darn. Dr. Rodney McKay. And He's going to... Save what? the day and, like, fix the podcast. He's going to blow up a solar system just for us. Yes, awesome. As long as it's not mine, I'm fine. Uh, so if you want to make sure you don't miss out on Tuesday's event or Wednesday's event or any of our future events, you need to go to pcper.com slash subscribe. Sign up for this mailing list. All you get is all – all we need, rather, is your name and email address, and we'll send you an email uh, sometimes an hour before, sometimes – 45 seconds before, depending on um, how busy I am at that exact moment. And uh, we'll send you a note to let you know uh, that we're getting ready to do a live stream or we are in the process of doing so. So pcpro.com slash subscribe for that. Let's get into the content because there's a lot of crap to talk about. We kind of uh, queued up some reviews during Computex because there's so much news going on. And now all these reviews have come to life. Uh, first up, MSI Radeon R9290X Lightning. I don't want to spend a whole much of time on this because we know the Lightning series very well. We know the uh, we know we talked about the 290x Lightning at CES, for example. Uh, I have one sitting right here. Don't get a hernia. That's this, kind of beefy. This is this is as big as the GTX Titan Z, ironically enough. Um, so this is a single 290x graphics card, right? Uh, or a single 290x GPU. It's um, so it's a two slot, but it's, it's not a, really. It's a three slot. It's a three slot cooler. Three, it's yeah, a three you can slot, see that yeah. here in this shot here. It's even though the bracket is two slots, the cooler definitely goes into the third slot. Yep. It has three fans on it. Um, the yellow one is smaller, as you can tell, so it spins a little bit faster. It's a little bit noisier than I would like. They do include a fan control, so you can control the outer fans independently of the center fan, um, but it's it's louder than I think it should be. Uh, and it's a three-slot cooler, which almost sounds like a foreigner song. I got a yeah. three-slot cooler. Look at these power connectors. We've got That's a lot of two power eight-pin power connectors and a six-pin, uh, which is more than the Titan Z and more than the 295X2. Yep. A little we crazy. don't need your stinking PCIe power specs. How much does it actually draw? Not that much. Like, not that much more. But see, here's, here's oh. why they include it, right? This switch here is changed between BIOS modes, original versus LN2. Okay. When you enable LN2 mode, you are removing the overcurrent protections. You are removing any voltage restrictions. Hmm. So if you put an LN2 block on this, you want to switch it to that mode, and then that power might be but useful. With, with such a big cooler and so many power connectors, what happens if you just throw that switch? Well, I mean, then you would be able to overclock it in software, right? Oh, okay. With higher voltages and stuff. Hey, but you know what, Alan, did you ever point. watch Hunt for Red October? Uh, I did. So what happened when the Russians removed the safeties from the torpedoes? Uh, well, Hunt for Red October is kind of a comedy for submariners. Submariners. I don't care. But still, what happened? <laughs> well, you know, then they all got They radiated. blew themselves up. Yeah. Yeah. They blew themselves up. Yeah. Pretty much. It's true. So they should There's have had like LN2 cooled reactor core. And maybe it would have worked. That would have saved the day. Uh, they've also got you know neat little features on here like the uh, voltage checks uh, right here on the side of the PCB, the back of it. Uh, we don't have that. What was that thing called on the back of the lightning cards before, Josh? The um, liquid metal T2000 no, plate. You know, you know the thing that covered the resistors or the caps on the back, rather. The back plate? Just a heat spreader? No. Uh, you know, cap. I don't think... 
I don't think MSI had a name for that. I think mm. Asus did. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of anyway. Asus, here is the 290X Lightning compared to the 290X DirectCU2. You can tell that they're about the same length, but the cooler on the Asus card is significantly uh, more modest. I guess I'll say more modest. Uh, performance, one of the things that annoys me about these cards still is that they don't default overclock out of the box very much. The, the GPU clock on this was 1,080 megahertz, which is 80 megahertz over the standard clock rate, um, which considering the amount of power connectors and heat sink, the size of the heat sink on there, yeah. you would think they would do a little bit more than that. Uh, but you know the the Asus card did the same thing in reality. So did we try to push this thing, or uh, we did do overclocking in it, right? So I mean, I'm gonna show you the stock uh, performance because stock performance is pretty close to reference Other performance. Stock performance, yeah. Yeah, overclocking wise, we were able to get it up to 1180 megahertz. So, so another hundred over what they came. Thousand. Another hundred. Oh. Over the stock. The stock was 1080. We got to 1180. Oh, okay. If we got a thousand megahertz out of it, that yeah, that was sorry, I was way off. Um, we could, I could get to twelve hundred, mostly, but not super stable. One of the benefits, though, of you know, one of the problems with the two ninety X and two ninety was you had these variable clock rates because of yeah. thermal issues and heat issues. Uh, with this, you can see here, this is a segment of the um, uh, GPU Z clock log, and you can see that it's running at eleven eighty consistently. Right. Okay. So um, even though it's not as high as we would like for uh, maximum clock speed, it is at least consistent. Yeah. And um, you probably could have pushed it higher if you did some of that ON2 which I don't. voltage tweaks I, and Yeah, stuff. I can. Yeah. Um, power consumption right in line with the other 290X cards. Sound levels, this is the part that I was a little bit disappointed in. Uh, at load, it was like 40.7 de- decibels dBA, which is more than three dBA louder than the Asus DirectCU2. Well, it's got a third fan. It idles louder than it. Yeah, it idles. Yeah, you're right. It idles louder than the load of either the Asus DirectCU or the Sapphire Tri-X. Well, it's got a third fan, and that third fan is a small one relative. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's still way quieter than the reference 290X, but whew, who isn't these days? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was kind of my big letdown. And also, this price is killer right now, guys. Let's see if it's still selling. It's a little this. expensive. It's uh, not loading, not loading, not loading. It's thinking. Yeah, there it is. So, yep, still $704 for this video card, uh, which it is a... Um, you know, very custom card, but you can see you can get the DirectCU2 for 569. You get the Sapphire Tri-X for 607, um, or you could get like a low-priced 290X, you know, reference design for 529. So it really puts the 290X Lightning higher than the 780Ti, and it's like 140 dollars more, 130 dollars more than the Asus DirectCU2. I think that. So you're saying you could buy four of these or one two. Titan? One Titan Z. Yeah. 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 You were going to say something, Josh? I'm sorry. That's too much. That's too much. It is. Yeah. And too we much, like... Too much. Took too much. We like lightning cards, but that's too much. That's too much of a... Um, too much of a premium over the yep. other two. Well, yeah. Cards. I mean, in the past, it... Uh, you know, it's been 50, 60 bucks premium consistently, and I think that the quality that you got from it and the extra overclocking and the features and the quietness... You know, if, let me let me reach right back. <clears throat> Whoa, hey. And grab something within reach. Hey, mm-hmm. easy. Zooming in, enhancing. Enhancing. So, yeah, this was the 7970 Lightning. And this was a fantastic card. It had the GPU reactor on the back. It did have a brand. That was 
Yeah, Thank but you. but yours does not. I don't think they ever actually had a name for the backlight. Oh. But the no, GPU. I was, was, Merkin, I was, I was talking about that. How can you not call What's that? Merkin? How can you not call it a Merkin? What did that reactor do? I don't know. It did some stuff. <laughs> it, was, it was a bunch of extra capacitors on the back to smooth out and provide more potential power oh. when it needed it instantly uh, to the GPU. That's so, yeah, cool. that's what the reactor did. Huh. But, yeah, it, uh, it seems like they, they did two steps forward and maybe three steps back in terms of design yeah. versus price performance. Oh, well. So uh, check out that review. It's got some stuff in it, but it's probably not going to be high in our recommendation list because of that price. If this yep. were, you know, twenty, thirty dollars more than the than the Direct CU two, then you could make that argument. Um, but you need to really, really, really know what you want in order to pick that up. Uh, the next review is of the Core i seven forty seven ninety K Devil's Canyon. I feel like I wrote this forever ago. I was I was sure as I was making show notes that this was on last week's podcast, nope. but apparently not. It's because you stayed up really late Friday night to put this out. He's trying to block uh, yeah. that memory. Yeah. 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 So the 4790K is Devil's Canyon. Uh, this is uh, important because it is running out of, the, out of the box, so to speak, 500 megahertz faster base, 500 megahertz faster turbo clocks, uh, four core, eight thread. It is essentially a 4770K running at 500 megahertz higher at the same price, $339. Uh, Why would they do that? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Is I, it planned obsolescence? I don't. I guess. Right? I don't know because did, did Francois not... apply French economics to this product? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. You can see uh, here on the back where the um, uh, like there's extra capacitors on uh, the one on the left there. That's part of the uh, Devil's Canyon stuff. Yep. They changed the thermal interface, which is not seen in this photo, but it's a pretty good picture, so I wanted to show it. Um, on there, uh, we talked about what they changed in it last week, uh, and and I, what I want to show basically show is before overclocking, performance improvements that you get are pretty substantial. Here's handbrake, for example, the 4790K is almost as fast as the 4960X, which is a six-core IV Bridge E part. Sweet. And how much is that? Uh, like a thousand dollars. A thousand. Like a million dollars. But that's a eight uh, percent increase over the 4770K. Right, so you're getting eight percent additional performance, and this is this is uh, the For regular free. occurring pattern, right? Because it's not yeah. just single threaded; it's multi threaded because yep. it happens both at the t- top turbo speed and at your base clock. Um, so overall, I, I, you know, the, if they're both available in the store for the same amount of dollars, yep. You buy the 4790K. And is that actually true? Like, it's been out now, so are we seeing it? Is, uh, it is shipping June 20th, but oh. pre-orders had it for 339 on Amazon. Okay. Um, and I think even uh, Micro Center, which does stupid crap with processors, had it for like 280 right? So Even um, cheaper, and it goes yeah, faster. Here's, I mean, here's a single-threaded performance benchmark, right? Cinebench 11, and you can see the, the increase here, right? And look how much faster it is than Ivy Bridge E, because Ivy Bridge E has a lower clock speed. Yeah. Right. Hey, you know what the best part about that graph is? Mm, it's got the that sweet AMD, logo in the background. Uh, 7850 is, is 1.03 <laughs> in single thread. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, almost twice as, nice. twice as much. Yep. Uh, and then multi-thread, obviously, the Ivy Bridge E picks up. It's got six cores, yep. uh, two, extra, two extra cores, four extra threads. It's able to win. But you look at that performance difference between the 4790 and the 4770, and it's a good part. Yeah, I mean, as long as, you're, as long as you're not going past eight cores or eight, eight threads, then... Yeah, 
but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's a, yeah. it's a better part. So, uh, what about overclocking? This was kind of the big. We everybody wanted to talk about overclocking. How awesome was it going to be? The first thing is we look at temperatures. Here is uh, stock settings, stock voltage, stock uh, clock speeds in a forty-seven seventy K. We see temperatures ranging from forty-eight to fifty-three C okay. under load. You know, under load stock speeds. How is that compared to the forty-seven seventy? That is the 4770. Oh, is the 48 to 53. Now, the <laughs> next one down is the 4790. Oh, okay. Also, it stops speed graphs. I'm, I'm squinting here. It's far away. Uh, it is far away for him. Uh, and you're ranging from 45 to 50. So you're actually two to three degrees Celsius lower. Okay. At 500 megahertz clock speed. clock speed. That's good. Right. So that's good. That, that's so a good, far. That's a good thing. I feel like there's a catch coming. Uh, the the, dif- the disappointment was that the peak overclock I was able to get was 4.7 gigahertz, and it took a voltage of 1.36 volts to get there. And if you're not a frequent overclocker, that's a lot of voltage okay. to send to a Haswell part to get 4.7. Um, I have a very, very good 4770K that can get 4.8 gigahertz at 1.25 volts. Oh. Right? Um, that is a beyond normal part, though. Right, so four point seven, one point three six with a Haswell today would probably be okay, like kind of in the middle. All right, um, but we expected more from Devil's Canyon. We expected it like the whole sales part of it was, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, you got all the extra capacitors, you, you got, got capacitors, the you got the thermal, thermal interface. Compound, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be better. And okay. clearly, uh, in my testing, it is not. Hard OCP did overclocking tests, and they actually got the exact same clock speed huh. at the exact same voltage. To be. So, do you remember my conversation some time ago when people were complaining about the thermal interface material and saying this is really holding it back? And I'm saying, okay, I'm, I'm patting myself on the back a little bit, but I'm saying it's the 22 nanometer process. It's it really their trigate. It exists and it performs well within a certain yeah. range. And when you get above that. You start getting Things like start to break down. Yeah, you start having to exponentially increase the voltage to get yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so now, now temperature is the proof of the pudding that the thermal interface material that Intel used is not really holding the process back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another interesting little bit here is that the uh, when overclocked, so the forty-seven seventy at four point eight gigahertz at one point two five volts. Right. All this is being done with the Corsair H one hundred. By the way. Um, Temperatures ranged from, you know, got up to 91C okay. when overclocked. That's pretty high. Yep. That's right at the thermal limit, I think. If you look at the 4790K. At a higher voltage. At a higher voltage, but uh-huh. a lower clock speed now. Right. It's maxed out at like 84. And it goes down to, you know, we're looking in the 60s and 70s in some cases. Yeah, and so the thermal material is doing what it should. Mm-hmm. But I, again, I'm, I'm saying... The process. Holding you back. It's the process technology. Yeah, the process right? is the only thing. And uh, our good buddy, Francois. Uh-huh. Francois, he had an excellent uh, overclocking uh, like uh, guide on, on, today, on Twitter. On yeah. Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. And he talked about you know needing different types of coolers and getting it down to 40C. Yep. And he and I went back and forth in some, some other messages about it. And I said, well, where is one of these I can buy it? And he says, well, you really can't. You kind of got to make it. I said, uh-huh. well, who's going to do that? Like LN2 guys might do that. Yeah, those, those, they will do that. Those those types of people, right? But I, I'm not. For those that didn't see this conversation, like make what, like what? Uh, it was essentially a hybrid heatsink that has heat pipes as well as direct contact. So you're taking off the heat spreader? No. Oh, 
No, he was just basically saying that heat pipes are more efficient when you're over 55C. Like the goal of a, of a, of a large air-cooled heat pipe cooler right. is to get you to about 55C. But you actually need to get below that. And you can do that with a combination of heat pipes and other stuff. Okay. Right? But, but nobody makes it. I said – I asked him. I said, well, send me a link to one that does this and yeah, I'll buy it. Nobody's and doing I'll it. test it. And hmm. he's like, well, they don't really do that. And I'm like, well, they kind of need to. Like otherwise, you can't make you can't make claims about the capability of your processor if nobody can validate those claims. That's true. Just because unless you're going to make that your stock heatsink yeah. on the thousand dollar processor, well, we don't. Which honestly, you're probably making enough money you can do. Maybe not three eighty. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I've got a foundry in my backyard, and I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and just make these heatsinks. You know, out. Ed. We just need we just need a fab. You know, uh, to you know, and some metalworking tools, and just yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know, make a heatsink the size of this table. I guess we got enough power supplies. We can arc weld stuff. Well, I'll continue to argue with him. He's probably watching the live stream now, and he's going to not be yet very mad because at me. you know what? I do have one problem with France, and do you know what that is? He doesn't live in France anymore. Well, I don't care, but it's <laughs> it's part of the joke. Do you okay. know what my problem with France? They don't have a word for entrepreneur. Hmm. Is that a joke or? It's an old. One. It's it's an old joke. I'm sorry, but I'm pump. They have no word for laissez-faire. God, you people are so uneducated. <laughs> I'm just going to kill you all. I know that. All of you. All right. So, uh, power consumption-wise, idle idle power consumption was higher than expected. I think that'll be fixed. Uh, load power consumption definitely higher. You think it'll be fixed? I think the idle power consumption will probably be fixed with UEFI oh. changes. Okay. Um, processor cost, if this works out at 339, like your performance per dollar, you know, this is going to be the best Intel part you can buy yeah. uh, for that if you look at those metrics. Now, pay no attention to the, forget that it says bulldozer there, the FX8350, <laughs> which is beating all of them in performance per dollar. But I did not do performance per watt on these graphs, so there's that. Uh, so let's see if it's still actually 339 on Amazon. It is shipping June 20th. You can still go to Amazon and, and pre-order the 4790K, um, and I think that's a pretty good idea uh, overall. Even if it didn't overclock as well as I'd expected, uh, if you don't overclock, it's just 500 megahertz faster. Yeah, you just get it out of the box, and that's the same price. I think that's awesome. So uh, go read that review. Uh, more interesting stuff in there. And hey, if you pre-order that processor through our links, I don't know, we may get something out of it. It's like a dollar. So you should you should do that. It's like a dollar, and Josh wants a dollar. Yes, I like uh, yeah, dollar, many dollars, many forty-seven ninety Ks, all the dollars. I'll take I'll take at least one. Fair enough. All right, next up is uh, another large graphics card uh, sitting in front of me. This is the GeForce GTX Titan Z. Hmm. This is the Titans. Looks pricey. Uh, well, it, you're spot on there because it's $3,000. Oh. The uh, GTX Titan Z, as you see here, it's a nice looking card. It is. I love the industrial design that NVIDIA went with since, uh, what was it, the GTX 690 was the first card to have this. Uh, then the 780 and the Titan and the, the, all the 7 Series reference cards had yep. this. These are nice looking cards. I like it's got a good backplate on it. I like the. I don't think that really helps anything, but the design looks cool. Uh, it is a three slot cooler. You can see here, and take note of the DVI DVI HDMI DisplayPort connections. That's the same old layout. It's the same layout. So, so that's had. a single 4K monitor. 
Uh, that is correct. Yes. So because yeah. because there's only one DisplayPort connection, you can only support a single 4K monitor with the Titan Z. If you want to, you have to buy a second Titan Z. Hmm. Yeah, guess- but look at look at look at the uh, the structural integrity of the backplate when they've cut into triangles and hexagons. Well, yes, I do like. You it. know, if if you notice in in the background of of a lot of the Star Trek series, they they have you know feature these kind of structures because. Okay, I'm not going to go anymore. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the Titan Z is a 375-watt TDP part. Compare that to the R9295X2 that is a 500-watt hmm. TDP part. Quite a, quite a big difference. Uh, they both have uh, dual 8-pin power connections, but this one is actually within PCI Express spec. Okay. Right? So 150, 150, and 75 from the bus itself. Yep. Uh, you can support SLI if you want to buy two $3,000 video cards. And even though this is this – is, so it's a two-and-a-half slot cooler – with a three-slot bracket on it, right? Is that magnesium? It is not. It's aluminum. Oh. They, uh, went, you know, for a $3,000 card, they went cheaper. Hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, but well, I guess my question is, why? If, like, if you have to make it a three-slot product, I wonder why they didn't just make it a three-slot cooler to help improve you know, the amount of power yeah. you can heat you can dissipate. And or or drop it down speeds. to two in case you had a case that only had two slots there well two i mean i don't think they could get to two was the issue but also note this back plate here it's uh maybe uh, a little bit difficult to see but it's kind of thick it's thick about a quarter of an inch it actually came in contact with the so on our asus uh, rampage 4 extreme motherboard the um the audio io panel is uh, uh, right next to right them. next to the top PCI Express slot because yep. it's built for four-way SLI and Crossfire. So that first PCI Express slot is really high up on the board yep. comparatively, and it actually makes contact with the I/O uh, audio portion of it. Hmm. Not a lot of contact, depending on how you like wiggle it. Sometimes it was on, sometimes it was off. Um, but um, that was a little bit unnerving, I guess. Uh, here's what the inside of the cooler looks like. Here's what it looks like naked, just for just for Josh. Naked. Uh, it is a 11-inch long card, which is the same length as the 780 Ti. Uh, compare that to the 295X2, and uh, that is an inch and a half longer. It's uh, quite, you know, you can definitely tell a size difference here. It's only a two-slot Yeah, but it's card. got a bigger girth, too, doesn't it? Cor- well, the Titan Z does. Yeah. 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 Um, so here's, here's the interesting specs, right? The 780 Ti runs at a base clock of 875. The Titan Z runs at a base clock of 705. So That's, it's 170 megahertz. Whoa. It's a lot for a graphics card. But there's two of them. Right. Okay. Right, right. The Titan Z is a dual Kepler GPU, if I haven't mentioned that already. It's, so you've got two GPUs. But if you have a pair of 780 Ti's, you're, you're, you're going to run faster than huh. this. You do have 12 gigs of memory on it uh, and 8.1 teraflops of performance. But you can tell here, if you look at the pricing, $3,000 versus $1,500 for the 295X2. It's not really a, a close battle in that regard. Uh, if you are worried about like 4K future display connectivity, you can see the 295X2 here on the left has four DisplayPort outputs. Um, so you could, in theory, connect four of those. If you're interested in weight, because, you know... I am. I'm a little fat. Yeah, well, this video card weighs three pounds, the Titan Z. The uh, um, 295X2 with its radiator weighs four pounds. So... Keep keep that in mind, I guess. And and then and if you put Ken on a scale, he'll be about fifteen pounds. About five and a half. Okay. Yeah. Well, add a plaid shirt, and that you know adds weight. Uh, He's about yeah. to tighten Z in most of a two ninety five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so we did our normal rounds of benchmarks, Battlefield Crisis, all that stuff. Uh, I'll just look at Crisis real quick here. Uh, 2560 by 1440, um, highest image quality settings, Crisis 3. The Titan Z is actually slower than the 295X2 by a sizable margin, like 42 frames per second versus 53 frames per second. Uh, it's also slower than the 780Ti's in running an SLI. Uh, and that pattern is repeated in 4K as well. Um, where even the 295X2 is only getting like 27 frames per second on that. Okay, uh, so why would I buy this card instead of a pair of 780Ti's? So I don't think as a gamer you would do that. Right, I I think I, I think this review makes it clear. If most people would had guessed this to be the outcome already, right? Uh, but it, it's fairly clear now that the Titan Z is not a good investment for gamers. There are people out there that will just spend money just to spend money. You know, they're going to build an eight thousand dollar machine, sure, from Main Gear or from Falcon Northwest or somebody like that. So who was it? They'll really, just throw a Titan Z in there. Who was it really for? Uh, CUDA developers. Right, that's what okay. it is now. I don't know when it was when it was announced at the end of March if that were if that was the case. I think they intended this to be the most drool worthy graphics card for gaming. Yep. Uh, but that clearly did not pan out since AMD released the 295X2 after uh, the announcement of the Titan Z, but before the release of the Titan Z. Or even the fact that a pair of 780Ti's is much cheaper and yeah, I mean, but that's kind of always been the case. Um, a pair dual GPU, yeah, but not right. to this degree. Yeah, that's kind of right. Yeah. Six hundred fifty dollars times two is thirteen hundred, which is less than half of the Titan Z. You could go quad right. now, and, 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 and the, the, but again, to be <laughs> fair, it's really two Titan Blacks, so those are a thousand dollars a piece. You're still cheaper, which is still fifty percent less expensive than yeah. a single. Yeah, Titan but it's Z. aluminum, not magnesium. Yes, we're correct. paying for materials here. Uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? To be honest, I don't even know if anything past the GTX 690 was actually made out of magnesium. Yeah, I don't think it was. Uh, power consumption is a good point for the uh, the Titan Z, though. Um, it only drew a f- total system 530 watts at the wall, while the 295X2 drew 676. Clearly going a little past the spec. Uh, yeah. Clearly yeah. past the spec. Um, but that's that. kind of how the AMD... Well, happily... You know, that's like excess. the AMD stick. No. Is never enough. Yeah. I live my life by that saying. <laughs> Happily, excessive debt and poverty is never enough. Well, I mean, I just like the, I think the people that go on AMD in general, mm-hmm. like even when it was, you know, ATI, that sort of thing, it just, those are the type of people that aren't going to have that much of an issue with a card sort of pushing. I don't think envelope. NVIDIA, f- like, gamers would either. Yeah. Um, NVIDIA just chose to. Honestly, if you want to know what, what I think actually happened inside the company, is they announced it at uh, GTC at the end of March. Yep. They had a, a preconceived notion of what the performance level needed to be to win awards and reviews and all that. Sure. The 295X2 came out. Uh, NVIDIA grossly underestimated the performance mm. that AMD was going to produce. They did not think AMD would actually in, uh, introduce a water cooler. Right. They did not actually think AMD would go so far beyond PCI Express specification. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did. And then I would guess, remember it was the Titan Z was supposed to come out at the end of April. Yeah. And actually didn't come out till the end of May. If my guess is in that month time period, a bunch of people nervously sat around <laughs> testing Titan Z, seeing can we push these clock speeds up? Yeah. Can we 
can we make it a little bit louder and make it draw some more power and get these clock speeds up and be competitive? And my guess is that they could not. So rather than um, risk uh, failure rate increases or risk anything like that, they just go, well, we're going to release it as it was, mm-hmm. but we're going to retarget it towards CUDA developers and talk about it being a supercomputing card, yeah. even though it very clearly has the word GeForce in the title. And the, the ads look like they're gaming ads. Yeah, I mean, they're advertising it as a gaming product. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is a remnant of how the card was planned when it was announced in March. Okay. Um, final point, it is quieter than the uh, 295X2. So there is that. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it anymore. I think we to belabor the point, if yeah. you will. It, it, it's, an interesting, it's a really, really interesting product. What I would love to see is the company release a version of it that doesn't have double precision floating point in it because that's kind of like the thing they hang their hat on for the compute side of things. Yep. Right. Release it as two 780 TIs instead of two Titan Blacks. Sell it for $1,500. you are still going to be a little bit slower. You're still going to be a little bit uh, less cost efficient. But if you're NVIDIA, you're used to that, right? Like, yeah. They're, they're quite comfortable being a little bit higher priced and selling it on features like GeForce Experience and G-Sync and uh, you know, other things that they have. So, but that really should be a $1,500 card, especially given, should. That, given that there are disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there are, there are some advantages, but there are definite disadvantages as well. There are. Yeah. So maybe we'll see so can that. You juggle the, uh, can you juggle the lightning and the, uh, the black? Mm. Come on, only, do it. Only, I dare you. We'll do it on video outside a- over the concrete. Yes, I think I'll give you five dollars. I think over I think over carpets just cheating, okay. in reality. So, uh, real quick, um, Maury's not on here to talk about it, but he did post a uh, Gigabyte Z97X SOC Force motherboard. If you like orange and black, and you're a Bengals fan, or maybe you just like orange and black, this is a motherboard for you. I think I remember seeing that. Didn't we uh, have a discussion about that recently? What this motherboard on like a live stream? We did. When yeah. Leon was here, we talked about this specific motherboard because it had all these damn buttons. Yeah. They had to the include right a guide. Side. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> yeah, just for the buttons. Here's a guide. Oh, my God. That's a lot of buttons. Yeah. Well, some of it's like voltage measurement points and stuff like that. This too, is right? the over, as the name would imply, it is the overclocking version of this board. Right? And that section of buttons and, and uh, pinouts and stuff is like overclock central. If you want to see what makes Maury just his heart a flutter <laughs> in terms of motherboards, come look at this. I'm a little bit... There's two PCI like PCI slots on this. Hey, I've board. got a PCI uh, sound, sound card. card just like me. Yeah, yeah, but you guys live in 1999. No, it's like, a Zonar. I'm sorry, just, 2002. It's a Zonar. There's nothing wrong with a Zonar. Ozentech, damn it, X5. So 2004, 2005. Yeah. Still really good. Almost a decade. It's well, almost a decade. Okay. So I've got to ask this, Ryan. Yeah. When Leon was on there. Did Ken say, the fog is getting thicker? And did you jump in and rub Leon and say, Leon's getting larger? Mm, I don't recall that happening. Oh, I'm going to go with <laughs> That's no. That's too bad. And again, Jeremy, do you understand this reference? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Disappointedly. <laughs> That's a good thing or not. But I do yeah, I, I don't know reference. if I would admit that, actually. I think I'd go back and I'm going to rewind Have you ever watched Airplane? Uh, yeah, the fog is getting thicker, and Leon's getting larger. You don't seriously? Yeah, but that's such an old reference. Yeah, I, it's seventy-eight for God's sake. It it's just seventy-eight. I was three. Uh, yeah. Mori does his overclocking testing. He likes it. I'm, I was surpri- uh, surprised with the pricing on it. It's only two hundred nine dollars. Yeah. Um, 
pretty cheap considering is, what you're getting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and it did get an Editor's Choice Award. So if you're interested in a Z97 platform, maybe for a Core i7-4790K, it is worth checking out Maury's review of that. Now, um, this is the part in the show where I have to go back. Did you add a link in there to that thing you did? There it is. All right. M6M? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. So we took a look at the uh, Plexter M6M, and as the name kind of sort of implies, it's MSATA. Um, this is an SSD, everybody. Yes, MSATA SSD. Well, you know, I'm the storage guy, so it's probably an SSD. Uh, so 256 gig model. It is the Marvell controller that we've seen in uh, other recent stuff that we've looked at, like the uh, MX100 and the uh, hmm. ADATA. What, what is it? Uh, uh, what was that model number? Oh, I forgot it now. Something, something, 900. Okay. We did a whole capacity spread of the right. ADATA series that came out as well. Basically, there's it's, a lot of drives coming out. It's so out cute. That, yeah. So this is, like, really tiny. Um, Let's take a look at the internals. What's actually <laughs> actually uh, there are not that picture, but the next one is actually internals because I had to peel the sticker the sticker off, off. Uh, yes, okay. to get to that. All right. Um, so Marvel controller uh, driving Toshiba Flash, uh, which is actually a little different than most of the other things we've looked at because most of those have been uh, either um, you know uh, Micron or IMFT Flash or that sort of thing. Right. Right. So this is the first one where we're seeing that was driving Toshiba Flash, which Toshiba Flash, uh, the toggle mode stuff, is known to be a little bit quicker on like the latencies okay. and and, uh, and that sort so of thing. So w- which test do I want to look at here? Um, really, pretty much anything you look at will file be creation, mostly file copy. even. Okay. Like when you compare it to a respective two and a half inch Marvel uh, unit, which is surprising because most of those have eight. Pack, flash packages in them versus this MSATA form factor. You can only fit four, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you might think there's less channel count, less stuff like that, but the toggle mode flash actually has multiple channels to it, so you can actually still talk to it like over multiple channels to a single package. Gotcha. Right? Um, so in the end, it basically acts the same. Uh, I would go to the uh, iometer page, which is actually quite surprising because you see this really... All right, let's do that. You see this really, really tiny MSATA SSD doing like the same thing that you see much more powerful SSDs. Like the Vertex doing. 460. Yeah, like a Vertex 460, which what I threw in there kind of sort of higher comically. than the Samsung 840 Pro. Uh, let's see, the 840 Pro is in there somewhere. It's the dark, yes. is the dark light. And it is actually going mm-hmm. higher than that. So, yeah, this is pretty darn good for an MSATA part. Right. Why is that? Why do you? Why is it higher than? I mean, well, first of all, the Marvel controller is nothing to sneeze at. It's actually it's a it's a recent controller. Okay. It's been released after the 840 Pro controller. Yeah. And and other things we're comparing it to. So it is a pretty much a brand new controller. And above that, it's driving a faster type of flash than we've tested it with previously. Hmm. So the controller is. How would this fast. compare to an MX100? Had we put that in there? Uh, the MX100, it basically be around the same. Okay. MX100 was about the same as the ADATA drive, and right. the ADATA drive is in there, in the review, as okay. a comparison point. So, uh, yeah, pretty speedy. Uh, and the uh, cost per gigs were kind of kind of hit and miss. Uh, I find that very common with MSATA. Yeah, because they're, they're not, you know, it's, it's hard to find them on some websites. Like, most of the people that listed them on uh, Amazon showed, like, there were only a couple left in stock, that sort of mm. thing. And it just came out, so, you know, it's not really that they're selling out probably, that they only got a few, right. I would imagine, and they're just trying to build up their inventory. Um, 
So the pricing's kind of bouncing around. I would say that if you do need an MSATA SSD, and I'm guessing this is not 256 terabytes, we should probably fix that typo. Yeah, that's not terrible. Because I would buy a 256 terabyte SSD for 150 dollars. <laughs> the cost I, maybe is in amazing. 2025. Yeah, yourself. maybe, maybe. <laughs> then it'd just be like a thumb drive. It just yeah. Um, Corsair makes it, and it'll burn out in three days, and you don't care. Yeah. So uh, I mean, this controller. The controller is a uh, sound technology. We've seen it in a few models now. doesn't seem to be getting any kind of blowback on feedback saying, oh, my goodness, there's issues. Right. Nothing like that. Solid performer. If you need MSATA and it's a good uh, cost per gig that you happen to find, then I would say do it because it's, it's uh, pretty good. All right. For building that nook. For building a nook or there's motherboards that have MSATA on them. A lot of motherboards now that have MSATA yeah. on them. Now, yeah. So. All right, let's take a look at some uh, news items that crept up this week. Google's Project Tango, which I had never heard of until this week. Neither did I. And apparently Ken had known it because he has uh, nerd friends and robotics courses and stuff. Okay, and so apparently what's... Tango is something about a uh, creating a platform that has spatial awareness in like a mobile device okay. that then robotics should be able to use that. Right. They they show it using it for applications and but I think Ken was saying that the, the eventual goal would be is just this is you just strap it to a robot and then it feeds all the data to it, right? That would be kind of the goal. Sounds cool, but it sounds very niche right now. Sure it is. Um they uh, so at uh Google will be uh I think showing at Google I.O. which is in this month, I think it's the end of this month, uh they announced a a prototype not a prototype but like a development platform on a tablet okay um and this tablet happens to be powered by the tegra k1 right which is that new soc uh from nvidia that is got the kepler based cores in it it uh has open gl support instead of just open gl es support things like that yep. um and it will be priced at 1024 dollars, and it will ship later this month Ha, ha, ha. To I, a developer, I see the joke. If you're a developer, there's a joke there. Yes, it's this well, is not. Yeah. This it's is a kilo dollar. <laughs> it's one kilo dollar. This is not meant to be a consumer device. Much like Google Glass was not meant to be a consumer device. It's meant to be. Let's get this to the people um, that are developing stuff for it. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a low run item, so a thousand bucks is kind of the going rate. Uh, I would love to get my hands on one of these just because it's going to be a Tegra K1 device with um i don't know if he lists the other specs here in this post but it's it's got a, a high resolution screen it's a seven inch device uh but it's got new different types of cameras yeah uh and i i just i just want to play with it i can i can see the conversation going on on google like how much are we going to charge for this and like you know some computer savvy guy just goes like oh 1k and then like the other computer savvy guy goes one no 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 it'll be 1024 yes dollars that's how he typed it in it's like I think it was a PR marketing person. Probably. No, not attention. a kibble dollar. A kilo dollar. Yeah, not a kibba dollar. <laughs> God, I hate that terminology. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if we actually covered this on the podcast, but uh, Microsoft announced that it was going to release the Xbox One without Connect uh, built in. Built? Wait. Without Connect packed in the box. Okay. Right? Uh, and they're going to lower the price by 100 bucks. Great, uh, whatever. And then the Connect costs how much? Probably hundred bucks. I would hope so. I don't know. It would suck Probably. if it was like one fifty. They're just trying to increase their market share, you know, over Sony. But what's interesting to me, uh, as Scott wrote in this post, that Microsoft is allowing developers now to use the Connect reserved shaders. 
So when Xbox One was released, uh, and we were talking about all the specs, and we debated about which one was going to be the most powerful one, uh, one of the things that came up was that because Connect was always on, it was always needed to do audio processing. Sure. It always needed to do video processing to mm-hmm. recognize faces and stuff. Um, that a certain portion of the APU in that system was reserved for Connect processing. Okay. Well, now that Connect is not required to be in the box, uh, there is uh, apparently developers will have access now to that shader power. It will well, no longer have to be reserved for the Connect. But what happens if a Connect is plugged in? I don't know the answer to that. Oh, I don't know. But uh, as Scott, a writes, small gnome will jump out of the. Uh, Blu-ray device and unplug your Connect. Well, I mean, I would imagine if you were playing a game that, that was not using the Connect, maybe there was some kind of software switch you can do to make it so that it's not because you could, while you're playing a game, get the Xbox to do other stuff, right? Still, like, how did that work, Ryan? Like, you have? I mean, you still could. Like, you're in the middle of a game. Can you like tell the Xbox to do something yeah. through the Connect? And yeah, so you're it, in the middle of a game, you say Xbox, go home, and so, it. So it's listens. using that other yeah. stuff all it's the there. time, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but it was interesting because now in, apparently instead of being a 36% theoretical performance deficit to the PlayStation 4, it is only a 29% deficit. So it's getting 7% yeah. compute resources. I have a feeling that they're only able to claim that just because it didn't come with it. But as PCs. soon as you plug it in, you're not going to get that. So. But they got eCache. Come on. Yeah. Word High-speed eCache, 32 megs. They Word. just wanted the spec to be a little better. In a similar vein, Xbox One controller PC drivers now available. I find this cool. Uh, uh, me too. I always use an Xbox controller. Well, yep. not an Xbox One controller, but I've used a regular Xbox controller. The only, the only yes, kind... because you cheat on Grid 2. What? With yeah. an Xbox controller? You know what? Use a wheel sometime and then use the Xbox controller. You get automatic cheats when you've got a controller like the Xbox. Well, is it cheating or are you just like playing the game how better? Is, how is... How is using a controller versus a wheel for a driving game like a like a better thing? Well, you know what? If if they had the level of hardness, should I really say that? Nope, not coming from you. Uh, you know, okay. Think about uh, you know the degrees of turn with an Xbox controller versus an actual wheel that can do Mm -hmm. a couple of hundred degrees. Mm -hmm. Okay, and versus that, they have to. I mean, literally put in kind of cheats for the guys who use the controllers because you don't have that degree of control. With I, I think you're probably right. 15 degrees of thumb. Just, oh, just okay. change the sensitivity of your steering wheel yeah. so that going like this turns at 180 it degrees. It doesn't work because it makes it even worse. It's awful. Yeah. So Josh, quick. your right arm is so strong. You can flip that wheel like nobody's business. I've been working out. Yeah. That's one way to say it. Oop, wrong button. Um, so if you have an Xbox One controller, you can do that now. It has to be attached to a USB. It doesn't do wireless yet. Okay. Um, which I wonder is, if they'll make a little, a little like wireless receiver thing like they used to make for the... They used to make that for the regular Xbox they, controllers? They used to. They stopped towards the end of its life. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't they, think they care that much. I don't know. If it catches on enough, maybe they'll bring maybe. it out again. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Jeremy, you want to tell us about PCI Express... 4.0 because why not? Well, because hey, yet again, PCI Express has lived up to her uh, expectations and doubled bandwidth. Sweet. You know, PCI 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0, we've been doubling it. So now you're looking at a lovely 2 gigabits of bandwidth per lane per I'm sorry, direction. I'm sorry, could you say that again? To what? 
It's is it? Oh, is he doing two? gigabytes? No, no. Did, did you say gigabips? Yeah. No, and you're right. It is bytes. Is it not? That's gigabytes, not yes. gigabits. Because that's a measure of size, not bandwidth. Regardless, yes. I don't. I don't know. In fact, we should put up the uh, math because it, uh, the gigabips is also impressive. Regardless, it's double what it used to be. Okay, I like that. So PCI 4.0, you're looking at a 16 lane is now going to be 32 gigabyte eh, giga thingies inbound gigabytes. and 32 gigabytes outbound per second. So this is doubling it. It's almost hitting the point uh, where you're matching uh, GDDR5 bandwidth. Not quite, but you're getting significantly closer. And Unfortunately, you have to have a heat sink on the traces in between. <laughs> you may well. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, that is part of it, is that this is going to be... It's not going to be cheap to do. Uh, you're going to have to have a lot of extra traces just to sort of deal with this. But it's going to be lovely to see. And it's it's really nice that... Of all of the things that we've been promised are going to double every generation, PCI Express is actually delivering on it for the most part. Then again, there's the argument that most cards aren't actually fully utilizing yeah. PCI 3.0 at this point. So, but SSDs, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm waiting but for a set of 12G, and I'm holding my breath, so I'm turning real blue. So, uh, by comparison, if you look at like a, I think it's going to take a little while. To actually, for what? <laughs> for you to see it, because like, okay, so ten gigabit, like, say, let's compare this to ten gigabit Ethernet. Okay, right, yeah. which sends. I mean, it's kind of, sort of. That's one point two gigabytes per second. Which is you can compare to this two gigabytes per second. Yeah, but that's over right? copper with you know fifteen to thirty meters. Right, right, right. But it's spread out. out but it's eight inches. Longer. But it's spread out over basically two x. Jeremy Hellstrom. Yeah, yeah, but it's but but the Ethernet thing that's spread out over uh, four pairs, four twisted pair cables, right? Mm-hmm. And those parts still use like an awful lot of power, even just to receive. Like not like when they're transmitting, even to receive, they're drawing like watts hmm. of power, right? So th- this is doing more than that. On so his heat sink thing maybe would be able to do that. Oh, he's not kidding. It's going to be a lot of power, just just for the data transfer part. Oh, until the parts become so much more efficient. What we right? need is and that was the other a... thing I didn't see was how much uh, wattage was going to be carried over this. Mm, yeah, uh, true. It, it might have been mentioned. I don't think it was. Maybe what but, we need uh, is a hybrid cooling solution that uses heat pipes and standard <laughs> copper. You know, I know somebody who uh, who can help you out with that. <laughs> <laughs> and it also makes uh, sense for uh, the Tough series from ASUS. Because now all of a sudden, having a giant heat sink over top of your motherboard might actually be necessary. Yeah, yeah. with like eight fans just all blowing. Oh, just whirring away. On all the traces, yes. But like I say, like like Al said, it's going to be a long time before a graphics card takes advantage of this. But PCIe SSDs, now you're talking. Well, they still got a way to go on number of lanes, right? Even the P3700 is only a four-lane card. Four-lane PCIe 3? Yeah. I mean, you can go all the way to 16 there. So. I wonder. I wonder if there's a reason that there's if there's a benefit to going four lanes PCIe four before going to like eight lanes PCIe three. I wonder if there's any. Well, it depends reason on why you would do that. It, well, I don't know. I'm don't I'm know. not saying there is. I'm I'm literally like technologically. Come on, wider is better. I I just think the yeah probably. I think the parts are just going to be. 
Well, so um, expensive. Did we ever yeah. see PCI Express by 16? 3.0? 2.0 SSDs? No. Right. We didn't. We went straight to PCI 3. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I'm curious why, why that ever happened. We've seen 2.0 by 8, 8. at the most. Yeah. And now it's 3.0 by 4, which is basically Which is the same bandwidth. Yeah. Right. So... So obviously your bottleneck is still in the controller and the flash. Yeah, pretty yep. much. Oh yeah, and we you didn't. I mean, what's we were not pegging. We were not pegging PCI Express no. four. No, three four lanes. Correct. PCI Express three point four lanes. Four lanes. Yeah, yeah. by four. Yeah, I got you. Uh, other news: Nvidia Shield tablet is apparently a thing. Nvidia Shield tablet. Uh, Tech Report saw a screenshot of this on the Nvidia Tegra Zone. It's listed as Shield tablet. There is a QR code. Uh, no pictures, no stats, no features, nothing like that. Um, but it does maybe confirm that they're working on something else. We thought it was going to be Shield 2. Maybe it is, in fact, something called Shield Tablet. I don't know. But if it has a Tegra K1, that would be cool. Uh, apparently, is expected to be based on Tegra K1, 2 gigs of RAM, and have a 2048 by 1536 touch display. It's a lot of... Which still doesn't sound like a Shield to me. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, the idea of a Shield tablet sound is odd because the Shield is to me the controller. Right. Unless they're going to go into the dock business. I mean, maybe they maybe they use the Shield brand. They have the Shield controller. I don't know. They have the Shield. They have the Shield right. tablet. They have the Shield console. Right. Because you can put a Shield in console mode, hook it up to your TV, yeah, and then the use a, gonna... use another Bluetooth controller to attach. Hey, to maybe it. maybe they're copying AMD. Yeah. Remember those uh, things at uh, CES. The, the tablets would have the built-in, you know, control stuff. Do you remember? Uh, the Razer? I don't know who it was, uh, but no, the AMD built one of their own. They did. Had the Razer the, had it with, like, like a tablet, but it had, like, con- game controllers exactly. on the side yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. It could, it, maybe it's that. You're right. Maybe it's something in that vein, too. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they do with that if uh, they continue to push OpenGL on these. Right, we saw, uh, you know, even before without full OpenGL support, they added Portal Two and Half Life Two, yep. or Portal and Half Life Two, uh, to it, which was which was neat. Uh, anybody excited to play Battlefield Hardline, Jeremy? Well, isn't it sort of like Counter Strike Battlefields, cops and robbers? I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm miffed still at EA for. Trumping battlefield titles constantly. You know, I, I, you know this, Battlefield this Vietnam, and then I bought Battlefield Two, and then and I bought Battlefield Twenty Thirty Three, and then I bought Battlefield Three. And we've already got cops and robbers going, and really, cops and robbers. Josh, uh, because you know what, uh, we we found a perp who stole a woman's purse, and he ran into that building, and so we destroyed the building to get the perp. It it's like the only way to be sure. Reason to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was announced uh, during E3. The uh, Battlefield Hardline has a closed beta that is actually going on now. I think I've already downloaded it, but I haven't installed it yep. yet. Um, so I don't know. They they apparently this is thirty two player matches instead of sixty four player matches because sixteen cops and sixteen robbers sounds like the right number to me. No, it doesn't. Sounds like the right number for all the crime. That happens. I have no idea. Like I, I literally saw nothing about this other than um, it came out Monday and we downloaded it and I haven't done anything with it yet. So, hey, Frostbite three. 
Is that what it, it's true? It's pretty. It? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's used. Yeah, pretty. Also, probably going to be pretty is Grand Theft Auto Five on the PC coming out this fall. Sweet. Anybody? Anybody interested in this? Probably. Hey, if you can combine these two games. Yeah. So you can either play. Them. You're playing Grand Theft Auto Five, and you're either the 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 perp and with your team of perps or the the cop. See, now that would make almost sense to me. Josh, do you ever do you ever play in the Grand Theft Auto games? No, because uh, <laughs> Tipper Gore turned me away from those too at, violent. at a ripe early too age. Too violent, yeah, huh. yeah. yeah. I, I'm so they announced it for the PC and as well as Xbox One and PS4. Yep. You know, kind of bringing it to all that stuff at the same time. Um, the PC version of Grand Theft Auto 4 was incredibly impressive looking, mm-hmm. like visually. Worlds better than what was on the consoles. And Obviously, the consoles are very old. When popular with the mod guys too. The, the modding community did great things with that. Yep. Uh, I'll be curious to see where Grand Theft Auto Five starts in terms of looks and styling and performance. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto Four, even when it launched, was horribly, horribly inefficient on the PC. Right. It required tons of hardware to run at what I think were subpar graphic levels yep. until the modders kind of got a hold of it and, and tweak things. And now like Grand Theft Auto four and Skyrim are kind of like those two games that have been modified to like hyper realism mm-hmm. levels. Some of the stuff in Grand Theft Auto four is impressive. Ken ran it here for a little while, like uh, the car mods and stuff that they did that, yeah. that were really, 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 really awesome. Um, so, well, you know, they, yeah. they, they said that this is more than just texture resolution and resu- and, and, and overall, resolution so hopefully we'll see some interesting things i hope so i hope so all right let's get into it our hardware software picks of the week and i have my hardware pick right here i've been pushing buttons on it all day (laughs) this is the switcher revision 1.1 from ken addison september 2013 this is an arduino based thing monstrosity powered by usb that can is certainly a sharp individual yep he's doing good stuff it's got and he's a snappy dresser he is a snappy he dresser. is a snappy dresser i believe uh, the bottom of that pcb is plaid he's working on like making a product out of this it's what the bottom of that pcb it's like white and blue yeah that's the logo of arduino where have we seen oh darn <laughs> that's there's a connection here i just need to make it <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, Liam. Uh, but I tell you what, Ken's trying to productize this. So if anybody wants to buy this off me and beat him to the punch, I'm selling for three thousand dollars. I got to pay for that Titan. Sweet. Um, and then you too can do things like this from across the room. From across the room. Eh? 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 Don't break it. Don't break it. I'm, I'm screwing button, up the video. I'm screwing up the uh, uh, video encoding. So yes. there's that. Uh, all right. So that is my pick. So uh, thanks to Ken for getting that up and running again for us so that we can continue to have a podcast while he deserted us to go hang out with his friends. Um, but let's move on. Jeremy, what do you got for us? Uh, damn it. I was trying to say 16 giga transfers, by the way. It wasn't gigabips. It was giga transfers. Gigabips was a funny does. word. I didn't know how to, how to react to that, really. Uh, it was. Sorry. Go ahead. It happens. Uh, so, and, and I quote directly from uh, this link, which is messing up for me for some reason. Uh, what is that? Wow, that looks like some terrible soldering. Somebody picked a, a, a wireless charger. 
and suddenly realized that he started to load his other devices because they required lewd USB and penetration to charge themselves. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So Wait, he what? figured out a way uh, to pick up one of these nice little uh, Samsung 3 key chargers. I the, think it's the pronounced wireless charger, she... And he stuck it into a nook. All you had to do uh, was wire it, uh, if you scroll down, he, you glue it in, you wire it into the USB, grounds it out on the actual connector, and just one wire in for the, the charging. You know, it looks like that USB port has an infection. It does <laughs> look a, a little parasite. rusty, doesn't it? <laughs> so but what's, he's what's pretty much added here? wireless charging to oh, this. Okay. So this. So what they did was <clears throat> they have this, and they basically hot-wired it straight into the USB port. That way you can still use the USB port. And it does actually work. You didn't need to put uh, anything in between. Hmm. On Apparently there is something built into that key charger. I guess as so, long as it's outputting five volts, yeah, which which it is, right? But I mean, he figured that he would probably have to add a diode to sort of cut it out if you plug it in. Yeah. Did, did he, he only to? what what device did he add this to? His um. This is a Nook. Oh oh right 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 right. I when you said Nook the first time, I was thinking next unit of computing. And I was trying to figure out why that was no useful. no the N O O K yep, not gotcha. the N U C. Gotcha. I would Although like to do this. Might be able to do that. You know, but you, it, it's just really nice to see that you can start adding uh, wireless charging to things because a lot of the motherboards we're seeing coming out nowadays, the Deluxe Edition is actually including this now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, my, I, 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 I have a Nexus Qi that sounds like it's mystical. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Qi because uh, yeah, the is, the Z ninety seven motherboard we got came with a charger for it. The Nexus five that I have here actually has it built in. Sweet. Um, now, it's not my primary phone because Verizon will let me put it on there, so screw <laughs> Verizon, but um, Does, uh, it's a nice phone. How fast does it charge? It's, uh, it's slower than hooking it up. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Which He uh, uh, saw 20% over about an hour. So it, it's not quick, but then again, yeah. all I mean, you're doing is tossing it near something. Yeah, all, all you if really it's need. on the nightstand, that's yeah. fine. If, yeah. if, exactly. you're, if you have one in your car because you need to charge it on your way to the meeting, that's, yeah, not, that's not very helpful. No. Then plug it in because plugging plug in will work. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still got the USB. Buy a minty, or build a Minty Boost. Use that to do the quick charging. Mm-hmm. Josh, you're up next. I am. You're up now. No. Now. Talk. But that's beside the point. You know what, uh, Alan got me onto this about Uh a year ago, and Uh I didn't use it very much until this last weekend when I wanted to go from my uh, OCZ Agility 3 240 gig, which has been a strong performer for me in my main machine Uh for quite some time. But I wanted to go to the 500 gig Samsung Evo, and it did really nice. It it made things easy and fast, and it worked. What is the and name it's of it? Free. What? What's the name of this thing? Mini Tool Free Partition Manager Software. You can do all kinds of fun stuff with this. Is it yep. really free? It's free. Yeah, it is. yeah there's a Must few. Must be pretty good if it's free. There's a few free pieces of software out there you can uh, clone stuff over with. No, oh, I reported fantastic. on this about a year ago. It right. also does 4K alignment for you SSD freaks. It does. Yes. Well, but it's anything like that you can get now that's still updated, hopefully will have will do 4K alignment. Yes. Yeah, it's not so much a worry anymore, is it? No. Used to be. All right, Alan, you're last. I'm last. 
So Story my pick, I've had it for a little while. I got it before I did the move, and I've been using the heck out of it because there's like birds' nests in my tree in front of my and house. He's stalking them, and I'm stalking the birds. Look at the nests. size of that lens. Yeah. So, uh, so I've had like actually, uh, Josh has one of the prior versions of this kind of a camera that I've owned. Um, it's almost in grasp of me. It's somewhere in my office. Yes. So the prior versions of this, well, I mean, they still make them. They still make the super zoom versions of uh, the Sony uh, DSC. What was yours, Josh? You got the HX1. Yeah, they, that was the HX1. Then they made like an HX100, 100, 10, then a 200, yeah, then a 300. Now they, I think there's even a 400. And those are all super zooms, right? And the super zoom kept getting bigger and bigger. And then, super zoom. And then eventually, super. Sony went like, wait a minute, uh, we should put like. A regular zoom lens in this thing and see if we can get like the aperture crazy wide on it so this is uh f2.8 across the entire zoom range and it goes from well it goes all the way out to 200 millimeter so it's basically like uh, i think it's like a seven times or so total zoom optical. from from wide yeah. yeah optical uh and it's image stabilized like the other DSC model cameras are nowadays. Uh, but it's got a lot of SLR kind of stuff on it. I mean, it's just like there's... It actually has an aperture ring that you can... You know, a notched aperture ring. You can even turn off the notching. There's a little switch on the bottom. You can, like, get rid of the aperture click. Like, clicky. Yeah, like, you hit the switch, and then it's just a... How much is that? 1300 bucks. It's a lot of money. Okay, so that's the thing. This is a lot of money for a camera, but... Uh, this, is that lens replaceable? The lens is not interchangeable. Okay. Okay. But I would argue really? I would argue there's not very much reason to need to change it. It's because you're not cool. Because you're f2.8 across the whole range already, and that range is much bigger than you would get with any SLR and a okay, single lens. Okay, here's what you need. You need a fine-tooth yes. bandsaw. Yeah. Fine-tooth bandsaw, cut it in half. Let's take a look at the mechanism. <laughs> you want to see the mechanism? <laughs> Make right. it I interchangeable do. is what he's saying. Uh, he wants it interchangeable, but, you know, it's like... I have not seen a need for it to be interchangeable. It's Zeiss image stabilized, optically image stabilized glass at f two point eight. Yeah, no, that's nice. It's a good piece of glass, mm-hmm. right? And I, I spent um, my retirement to get this piece of equipment. Maybe, yeah. Um, so the other good part of this particular camera is it's the same sensor that's in those other more compact Sony cameras that have come out recently. That one inch sensor. Mm-hmm. which is significantly larger than the, the sensor in a typical super zoom. It's not quite APS-C sized, mm-hmm. but it's much bigger. It's like six times the area of your typical super zoom camera sensor, sure. right? So the high ISO performance is basically SLR-like. You get just get much more bennies out of it. And uh, since it's a bigger sensor, you also get better effect of depth of field when you're trying to do wide aperture depth of field photography. Mm-hmm. So that combined with f2.8, you know, it's good stuff. It's cool. very flexible. Can you do that whole shift focus thing to, to get the Sherlock, you know, effect? What's that called? Shift, I, could, I could do that with my Nexus left. 5. Tilt shift? Tilt shift. Tilt shift? No, you'd have to do that in software if you wanted that. Fine. Psh, well, you crap. generally do anyway. Sorry. It's crap. Crap. So uh, I was, people thought I might have been rude while he was talking, checking uh, something on my phone, but I wanted to, I found another review on legit reviews of the Devil's Canyon. And guess what frequency they decided was the highest stable overclock they could get? Uh, 2.8. 4.7. 4.7 is the correct answer. Oh. 
uh, 1.351 volts. Is that the same voltage? Or That's a little close? bit lower than mine. Oh, mine okay. was 1.36. So there is definitely something to be said for the fact that I have now seen three reviews of Devil's Canyon, my own being one of them, and um, they all hit 4.7. Okay. So... That's, and the thing is, is that's not bad, right? No, that's, that's, still, that's good. That's 4.7 all cores. And so you're raising it from 4 gigahertz to 4.7. And to be clear, what cooler? Uh, I was using a Corsair H100. Okay. Which is a 200... No, it's a... I'm sorry. I was using an H80, which is a 120 millimeter. I wonder if any of those other guys were cooler. just using like the stock cooler. No, no, no. No? No, no, no. no is no. it really that bad? No, no. Yes, that cooler is a piece of shit. I'm surprised it can even do it at stock. Okay. No, don't, no. All right, um, just asking. So there you go. That's our podcast. What do you guys think? Uh, no Ken involved. How do we, how do we judge uh, it? We should just fire him. Yeah, I mean. We don't need him. If I change the locks, you can't come in and get the switching thing back. Yeah, then we're golden. That's $6,000. I mean, you know, that's positive. Well, no, if I keep it, like, this is how we replace him. Yeah. Right. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. Ryan is pushing Ken's buttons right now. Right. Look, we can look at the chat room. Sweet. And, you know, he, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's, well, Ken. All right. Your intern. Of course, it does mean you now have to push your <laughs> own officially canceled. <laughs> uh, uh, it's going to be, he's going to be really sad when he comes back from vacation. Oh. Yeah. Here's your W2. Bye-bye. Hmm. Nah, I'll wait. We have, you know, with Richard Huddy coming in next week, I'll yeah, we're gonna make need sure him. we we're gonna have him, him here. Yeah, just one more I don't want to have to deal with the buttons while doing the interview. Yeah. Although, guess you're not in the interview. You can hit the buttons. I can hit the buttons then. All but, right. you know, for David Hewlett when he comes on. Yeah, that's want, true. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, that is the episode for this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Uh, you can find us live, pcper.com slash live. Uh, we record this show Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And uh, pcper.com slash podcast is where you can go if you showed up late. Tomorrow we'll have the video, we'll have the audio, uh, all that updated. And, again, if you want to sign up, and I highly encourage you to do so for our uh, live stream mailing list, and all we do is you email me. All we do is email you when we go live. It is at pcper.com/slash subscribe. It looks like this, and you give us your name, you give us your email address, and we send you a little note saying, "Hey, we're going to do live stream," uh, and uh, that's really cool. Like I said, because the one with Richard Huddy coming up in the not too distant future on Tuesday the seventeenth, we're giving away an R nine two ninety five X two live, live to me, not to Josh. Um- Error. That's a lot of prizes. That's a fifteen hundred dollar video card with probably a three or four hundred dollar power supply to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, plus a lot of other video cards and fifteen never settle forever little uh, codes. Yeah, because you know AMD <laughs> is totally slacking off on their developer support and buying games. Hmm. You know that's what we're talking about, right? Well, I think I think yeah. a fair question is: Are you only buying games, or are you actually improving the games? And uh, that's something that. Uh, he has a huge amount of information on. So, um, I, yeah, I'm and also if you doubt that we give these out, follow PC per gaming because the vast majority of the prizes from the last LAN party just landed in people's pockets this week. They gave away 25 FX 8350s. Is that oh, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you know, an extra $199 processor just, you know, it sucks. It's they're so cheap, it's awful. Yeah, oh. Ugh. Uh, so that's going to be it. We will see you guys next week, hopefully for the multiple live streams we're going to be having. Uh, until then, we'll see you next time. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. 
Bye, guys. Look, I even got the everything feed. The hey, everything. look! Look how many CPOs we have. 